This is the Premier League Preview Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Premier underscore podcast. Find us on Facebook under Premier League Preview Podcast or online at plpreview.com. Welcome to the Premier League Preview Podcast. I'm Sean Fitzmaurice. I'm joined by the man with the stats, Mr. Owen Maloney. Howdy. First of all, I want to say a big thank you to Mr. Brian Tracy for standing in for me last week while I was away sunning myself in the sunny Isle of Ibiza. Some of us have a great life all together. Us slaving away here at home and he, he's off on holidays out in his little tiny whiteies, you know. So, yeah, some of us have a great life, but he's back He's back to the grindstone now and he's going to earn his keep this week. You just love thinking about me and my lovely tidy whiteies. All the time, baby, all the time. Anyway, I have a big note in front of me here that we've written and it says, plug the pod. Yeah. Because uh, we've noticed over the last six podcasts we've done, we are notorious for forgetting to promote ourselves. <laughs> so if you've gotten this far into the podcast, do follow us on Twitter, Premier underscore podcast, or on Facebook under Premier League Preview Podcast, or subscribe to us on whatever podcast channel you're listening to us on and give us a rating or leave yeah. a comment. or do Five star like rating or I'm going to come after you with my knife. Five star rating. And even if you don't want to give us a five star rating, give us a rating and then leave us a really bad comment just so we're driving traffic through our to our channels anyway and we'll get back to you don't worry we'll comment we'll we'll interact don't worry so you you will you will get a bit of purchase out of us like we're not just going to leave you kind of hanging in the wind we will get back to you and i know you even more so and we're guaranteeing that you should be genuinely worried because owen is once again wielding the um butter knife the butter knife i feel is key to this podcast and it's going nowhere it's it just gets the mojo going early early on i i picked it up the last time halfway through but i feel like if i just start with the butter knife start waving it early and we're flying it. Yeah, I just, I just, I'm worried that I haven't been here for two weeks and the room I use for a podcast still has the butter knife in it. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the studio? The studio. In our, in our mansion. The studio, yeah. yes. Our, our, podca- our podcast studio in our podcast mansion. Exactly, yeah. So, it's match week seven already. I and I suppose the biggest fixture this week has to be the meeting of Manchester United Arsenal. Yeah, I suppose you'd 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 have to think that. But the way things are going in the Premier League this year so far, we could say Bournemouth West Ham is a more is a more pressing game to the top of the table. But anyway, no, that's all jokes aside. Man United and Arsenal it's one of the biggest rivalries in the Premier League. They really like to go at it. Uh, kind of me- memories of Roy Keane and Patrick Vieira going at it. It's always a fixture where there's a bit of bite to it. So really looking forward to it. And I think Monday night football adds to that as well. Uh, yeah, just something about just watching a game under lights and a big clash. It it adds to it. So. These two teams, both are badly in need of points, and yeah. uh, that's going to make it even more. Of, there's going to be even more of a bite there. Um, obviously Arsenal last week were very lucky to get uh, three points against Villa, going a man down and going two uh, one down, and ended up Aubameyang saving them once again with a yeah. late, with a late goal for the three points. And uh, obviously United coming off the back of a very disappointing performance against West Ham, so they'll be looking to bounce back from that and maybe relieve. A bit of pressure on Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a, a real, real mouth-watering clash. I can't wait to sit down and watch it. Yeah, for me, this is kind of, it's the quintessential Premier League clash. You know, just over the years, no matter what form both teams are in, it always seems to throw up an occasion. There's very few, I, I don't re- think I remember one, I'm sure there has been, but I don't think I remember one boring nil-all game between these two there's very few there's very few I think for it's for the neutral it's a game that the neutral will get up from being excited for oh yeah can't wait to watch that there's going to be a serious bit of bite there so uh yeah definitely um I don't know with um Arsenal it's I, I'd say Arsenal fans are 
must be in debt going out buying new underwear every week from what they're watching because like it is the most erratic roller coaster. We did, in fairness, we'll have to after time here and give ourselves a bit of praise. We called it at the start of the year saying this is gonna be a white knuckle ride. Yeah, yeah. And good God, Arsenal have provided pretty much everything a Premier League season can account for it within six games. So yeah. Only God knows what's going to happen here. But um But they are they're blessed with a an arsenal of forwards <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that will will get them out of these sticky situations, you know. Um, but unfortunately, I mean, we, we talk about it every week and, and people are going to get bored of us talking about it. But Luis and Socrates are like the Laurel and Hardy of the, of, of the Premier League at this stage. Yeah, it um, kind of reminds me when you had uh, Mat- uh, was it Matip and Lovren there for a while at the back for Liverpool and they were just doing the most random things and you thought a parasite had taken control of the brain sometimes <laughs> it's like what is going on and you're looking at Socrates and Louise and it's it's something similar the two of them seem to be feeding off each other's lunacy energy yeah yeah so especially with Socrates obviously David Luiz is just David Luiz we know full well what he's at he kind of doesn't really have much interest in defending and but he'll do two or three world class thing, things a season yeah and they're just going oh yeah he is class but the 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 constant just average outweighs yep. the the spikes of world class and so yeah you're starting to see that already like for anyone listening to this we're recording right now on sunday evening right after the last two premier league fixtures of match week six so the fallout from the week hasn't really happened yet so <laughs> we're, we're recording this assuming that ollie gutter Solskjaer will still be the united manager when this game happens but that's not really a given at this point is it it isn't it it isn't and it is to, be, mm. to give you a short answer, yeah. It, if it was anyone else, I think it wouldn't have been a given. But I think they've bought into him slightly, and they're you know they're going to give him chances. They're going to give him more chances than probably he even deserves. Yeah. But United's form would seriously want to pick up soon if they have any aspirations of top four whatsoever. Because they haven't they haven't won an away game since February. Yeah, that's that's pathetic. Like it is, and this what they have won four games in the last. 18 it's five points from the last five games as well that's it's diabolical form really yeah, there's no excuse for it and only he is who he is will keep him in the job i think it needs something needs to really turn around from quickly now they are blessed in the sense that what did they have no strikers left oh yeah well <laughs> i don't think they're really blessed there yeah that's true i forgot that uh i forgot that jesse lingard was the auxiliary striker this yeah. weekend so unless the lone ranger unless Rashford is fit by next maybe, week or yeah. you know I don't know what Martial's situation is but he seems to be out for a few weeks maybe he'll be fit for next week um, Young Greenwood who played for them in the Europa League during the week he, he's picked up a knock during that game but I don't know maybe he'll be fit to play I suppose anything but Jesse Lingard is really what United fans would be looking for <laughs> they are, oh, yeah he's been the butt of many uh, a joke and many uh, he's been the kind of the, the target of a lot of their fury Throughout the season, from uh, from his uh, off season antics with on social media, and but even on the pitch, it's it's not fully undeserved. I mean, he's got his record at the moment is he hasn't been involved in a goal or an assist for Manchester United since December two thousand and eighteen. Yeah, that's for a striker. So yeah, or a striker <laughs> or a forward player, a number ten or whatever he wants to be. Yeah, that exactly, you, you yeah. need to be. You can't have stats like that at a club no. like Manchester United. No, and if it is him leading the line, maybe Luis and Socrates might might have that glorious clean sheet that they're so yearning for <laughs> because um, they've conceded 10 goals so far this season and, maybe uh, this will be the, the Manchester United Arsenal game that ends in the nil-nil oh, 
I don't see it. I don't see United. United are fairly porous at the back. Mm. What, what do they concede? They've conceded. Uh, they actually have only conceded six goals, which is uh, I thought they conceded more. So mm, maybe, maybe, but I don't see them. Um, I don't see them holding uh, Pepe, uh, Aubameyang, and or Lacazette. Yeah, scoreless the way I ju- I just don't see it happening the way they're in form. Like they're carrying Arsenal at the minute because my good Completely, God, they're not yeah. getting much else. I like it. When it comes to looking at this fixture, I genuinely am just scratching my head thinking, what in the name of God is going to happen here? Like, <laughs> you just cannot predict it. Like, are United going to look shaky to back or are they going to look as look solid like they have at times? We must say Wan-Bissaka has started the season well, so we can't tear them all with the same rush. No, know? I think Wan-Bissaka has been a class act. Um, he loves it. I've said it a few times on this podcast. He loves a tackle. He loves going in with his feet. You kind of, your heart's in your mouth when you see him going in with his feet. But I don't think I've seen him miss time one. Mm-hmm. I don't, he hasn't given away a foul. He wins the ball every time. It's it's a joy to watch. I don't think he offers what he could going forward. But in terms of defensive displays, he's been exceptional for United. Yeah, he has. Um, I suppose you have to look back to their, their 2-0 defeat to West Ham. They'll obviously be very disappointed with that. Uh they did come with a bit of pressure at the start of the second half, but again, yeah. West Ham kicked on and Cresswell kind of killed the game with that wonder strike of a free kick. But um, yeah, like West Ham were full value for those three points and United really need to start raising a gallop. And I don't think welcoming a fairly potent Arsenal strike force to Old Trafford is what they want right now. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe we've rambled on a bit too long, but like looking at this game to me, I think this is a good chance for Arsenal. I will go with an Arsenal 2-0 to get one up on their rivals away from home. That uh, yeah. would be my prediction. I, I'd, I'd have to agree with you. Given that United's uh, striking situation is mm. is not good at the moment, so did, I don't really see where their goals are going to come from unless one of their, their main forwards turns up fit during the week. And even if they if even if they play, will they be fully fit? Exactly. Exactly. Like I Rashford for most of the for all of the first half against West Ham, he looked off. He didn't look mm-hmm. like he wanted to be there. And I initially thought it was some sort of an attitude thing. And I thought, you know, this is your chance. All the other strikers are 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 on the injury bench. This is your chance to shine. But then it turned out he was obviously carrying an injury himself and he went off injured. So that's the point. Even even if they do get one of them on the pitch. Will they be fit enough to be able to cope with the clash? So, in saying all that, I think with Arsenal's strike force and with United's frailties and the mood at United at the moment, which has to be awful, I think I'm going to go with a 2-0 win Arsenal myself. I know, lovely. So the two of us are bound to be wrong anyway. Yeah, when exactly. the two of us go pick pick the same pick the same result, it's going to be 4-0 United probably. But anyway, look, we, we've pinned our colours for a mast. We're not going to be... We're not going to be sitting on the fence here. Okay, we'll move on from there on to stuttering Tottenham <laughs> versus Southampton, who had a disappointing weekend. Yeah, definitely. Um, the whole Spursy thing is coming back, isn't it? It it's, really is. It really it's is. Starting to become Spursy again. Like, <laughs> you know, like, it's 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 weird because like there was this feeling last year they were the, the progressive team in the Premier League. They were making. Bounds, uh, making leaps and bounds under a progressive manager. The, the, the squad was going the right direction. But now this season, the Pochettino's coming out saying there's a lack of desire in the squad that he just doesn't see uh, where the leaders are in the team. And it's kind of like, is he Luke has one eye on? Does he have one eye on, on the exit? Like, uh, And then you have Ericsson wanted to, wanted to get out of there. 
And it's just kind of Kane is humming and hawing. Deli Ali isn't even starting. Like they couldn't figure out what their back four was until Serge Aurier has played the last two games well in fairness to him. Yeah, yeah. So you're kind of looking you're kind of looking at Spurs going, oh yeah, Spurs is back and it's it's the bottling job and all that, all the comments that came with it. They're kind of back on the table again, but... Yeah, I, I think Spurs have had a good few seasons, um, particularly last season, getting to the Champions League final, uh, finishing the end of the fourth, actually, in the Premier League mm-hmm. last season. But it's still, the, in, in for, for Spurs, they've had good seasons. And you have to look at it from Pochettino's point of view. Maybe he's been going to Daniel Levy and saying, I've got this far, I need X amount, or I need X players to take it to the next level. And the club haven't really given him that. So also from the player's point of view, I, I said this before, I might be just guessing here because I don't know what happens in the top of the dressing room. But if you already also runs every year and it doesn't look like your club is making any progression, it's very difficult to get motivated to go out on the pitch every week if you know you're still going to finish third or finish runner-up in, in the cup competitions. You still need some sort of backing from your club. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? For... Arsenal aren't going anywhere. They're not going anywhere in the immediate future. Yeah. But at least the Arsenal fans can see that the club and the manager are trying to do things to go somewhere soon. Yeah. In the next five, six, seven years. You know? But Spurs, it's just a plateau. It hasn't moved. And it doesn't look like it's moving. No. And uh, maybe it's that thing of their kind of the top four, kind of periphery top four team that just made that big leap once to the Champions League final and now they're going to really struggle to reach those heights again and it's going to be a frustrating couple of seasons like and when you look at it Bar to me Son and maybe Lucas Mora like there's not much quality there like to me like I'm not a massive lover of Harry Winks don't really I'm not really in love with their back four yeah Harry Kane is obviously he's very very he's a very good striker but again the jury's out when it comes to the big games that's yeah. we've talked about that before so like you're looking at it going, maybe maybe Pochettino, as you said, is looking at it going, where is my next level coming from? And yeah. I don't have it here and maybe I'm not going to get it for a couple of years. And that's that. And then like if if the, the, the squad in the dressing room senses that, maybe they're starting to look at each other and going, where's our leaders? Or, yeah. You know, it, it just it just feels very spursy at the minute. And then it could go one way or the other. It yeah. feels like they're, they're kind of teetering at the minute. And to me, I think it's going to go down before it goes up yeah I think it's it's funny that they were beaten by Leicester this week because yeah. Leicester feel like the team that are going to take their place yeah and so it may, maybe I know Leicester's Leicester's squad is a bit thinner maybe the quality of their players in some positions are a bit lower so maybe this won't be the season that Leicester break into the top four but they feel like the team that will replace replace Spurs over the next season or two definitely the, the trajectory they're going I agree. As we were just saying, the li- I reckon the likelihood of Spurs' trajectory will be downward. Mm. I have to say that it seems fairly obvious that Leicester's trajectory is upward. Yeah. Like it, Brendan Rodgers has been playing a lovely brand of football. They've brought in Yuri Tielemans from Monaco, who looks a very, very good player. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ayosa Perez, to me, meh, the jury is out, but they've strengthened their squad. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know, Vardy is Yo- still banging them in. Yeah, right? Young Madison looks great. He was James great. Madison, he, exactly. He was yeah. brilliant against Spurs at the weekend. Yeah, Chowdhury doesn't look like a bad baller either. Yeah. They have that young lad, Harvey Barnes. Look, he's he's very young. He looks like he's a future. Like, just, they seem to be have an, have an exciting profile and they do look like a team. Maybe, like, 
this, as I said earlier in a couple of weeks ago, this season, and again, last weekend has kind of backed that up. You had United losing, Arsenal scraping a win, Spurs losing. This seem, feels like the, the year Leicester won it, where teams are tripping up. Now, obviously, Liverpool and City aren't tripping up, but what it allows the likes of Leicester, maybe if West Ham really continue their form, it allows them to maybe break into the top six or top four, and you're looking at maybe this top six isn't so impenetrable. Maybe it isn't so decided before the season is over. Yeah. And it just kind of feels like that at the minute. And Spurs are really in danger of dropping out of those the top four or the top six if they don't wake up quick. Yeah, yeah, I mean... Tr- Thrown away a 2-0 lead against Arsenal and then thrown, a, thrown away a 1-0 lead against Leicester at the weekend. Now, in fairness, they they should never have had a 1-0 lead, lead against Leicester. Leicester were a far superior team from start to finish. I don't remember Spurs even being in the game at any point. In, in fairness, we must add, though, that uh, Spurs were on... Like, you have to feel a bit unlucky for Spurs with the Son offside for the, for the second goal. But Do you know... It, I know, it, I know it's the letter of the law. It, it was technically offside and they, it was the right decision. But at the same time, that must have been a real gut blow to the gut when it, you think you're after scoring. Well, listen, if, if any team has can take losing the goal to VAR, it has to be Spurs. Do you know what I mean? They Twice against Manchester City in, in the Premier League and in the Champions League, those things went for Spurs. So... And, in fairness to Pochettino afterwards, he said, it's the rules of the game. There's nothing we can do about it. Sometimes it benefits us. Sometimes it benefits others. Which he was basically saying, we got the benefit of it before. I'm not going to go on about it now. Yeah. And that's fair enough. And it is. Offside is offside. He was offside. That's the rules of the game. Yeah. I And I, even I, if people it was. say, you have to feel sorry, but pity doesn't win football matches. No, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. But anyway, look, we must get on to this fixture and stop ranting. And yeah, we were going to get into our VAR route again there. Yeah. So we're, <laughs> no, no, we cannot do that to the people. Um, they're welcoming Southampton, who, as you said, had a, a, a fairly bad day at the office on Friday night football against Bournemouth. They did. And I was full sure they would have won that game at home against Bournemouth, to be honest. I wasn't. I know. I, I, I know. You're a big fan of Bournemouth. I, yeah. I like Southampton, but I just. I just, I just thought at St. Mary's, it was a nice fixture for them. And I thought they should have, I thought they would have won it. Now, I didn't see the fixture because I was sunning myself, but. You were like, it was the South Coast Derby. You were on a, you were on a different coast. Than yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I, I do think that it's a very difficult, no, but everything we've said about Spurs and how bad things are, it's still a difficult test for a town, team like Southampton to go to. White Hart Lane, Tottenham Stadium, whatever the hell they call it now. What should they call it now? Um, I actually don't even know. I think it's, is it the lane? Is it Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, I think they call it. Ah, that would be incredibly unimaginative if that's what it's called. But that, that's that's Spurs in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, true, true, true. yeah. It is a tough place for a place a team like Southampton to go. It there. is now. And I have to say, I as I said, I'm not convinced too much by Spurs back four, but now at least they know what their best back four is at the minute. They're going to play Serge Aurier. With the two centre halves and rolls. Like, so at least that's going to settle a small bit. Norrie has uh, gi- uh, given two goals and an assist in the last two games. So he's, he has, since he's come in, he's made a difference. So yeah. that is a, a plus for them. It is going to be a tough job for Southampton, who conceded three last week. Like, so they, I, I do fa- I do favour Spurs in this, but you just don't know what type of Spurs you're going to get. And the longer, we saw it against Newcastle, the longer you can frustrate Spurs, the more they leave and start frustrating themselves. Yeah, they true. do stupid things, play stupid balls, start bitching at each other. And it's just to me, if Southampton can hang, they're not they're not a hang on team under Hasselhuttle, To be fair, yeah, they're not they're not like a Newcastle or a Sheffield United that are going to sit in no. and frustrate Spurs. They're going to come and try and play football. My the biggest issue that Southampton have at the moment 
I don't know where the goals are coming from. Mm-hmm. Like Nathan, missing a striker. Nathan Redmond getting injured was a massive loss for them. Yeah. Because he just provided so much energy and while he didn't offer up bags of goals himself, he created space for other people and occupied defenders and got good crosses into the box, created goals. That's been a big loss for him. No, he, he did come on at the, at the weekend. I know you were away now, probably oh, right. in some nightclub paying 50 euro for a cocktail. <laughs> but I was actually watching the match. He did come on. Yeah. But as you said, it's going to take a while for him to get back to that level, to the Premier League level and yeah, to be yeah. leading that side. And as you said, other than that, where the goals coming from? Like, uh, I, I, you're waiting on your two goals a season from Shane Long or you know Danny yeah, Ings. Couple from Danny Ings. Nah, you're, you're you're not getting them. You're not getting the goals you need. Yeah, exactly. From, from those boys, as much as they're likable and they'll work hard, mm. the two of them are kind of the same player, and that they'll break their hearts for you. Yeah. But the the the, the, the finisher, the striker's the essence, the striker's kind of kind of killer instinct isn't there in them. Like, and you're yeah. you're you're not going to get it. So, but they know that. But um, the problem is they're they're probably afraid to get a decent striker because Liverpool will just come in and buy him. <laughs> Well, I think those days are over. I think I think the, the Southampton uh, fans can actually rest easy in thinking, unless we really lock out again, they're yeah. probably looking a bit higher than us now these days. But you never know. You, you never, never know. know. Yeah. So maybe they're <laughs> maybe they're keeping their cards close to their chest. Let's but, call um, a prediction on this one then. Yeah, we'll be here all day otherwise, I suppose. Um, to me, it looks like a Spurs win, but you never know. As If that game... If I'll make a prediction, right, that Spurs will win. But if that game gets to halftime or even maybe 50 minutes and it's still nil all, Southampton could nick that game. But I reckon Spurs will score in the first half and they might win it 2-0. But if it, if it gets to nil all at halftime, I predict Southampton win. So That's the that most, is the weirdest prediction I know. It's I the most convoluted prediction yeah, of all time. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's the most <laughs> twisted thing. It's, yeah. it's kind of like a... A glimpse into my mind. This, that's just like, uh, oh, please make a prediction for the game. For, for, for the game. Well, I think if Spurs win, they'll win the game. But if, <laughs> if Southampton win, they'll be the winners. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was, that was a terrible prediction, to be honest. So I'm yeah. going to go again with that. I'm going to say Spurs will win the game 1-0, maybe 2-0. But I'm going to put it in again. If Southampton can break their hearts, <laughs> they'll get something from this result. And I think you'll see Spurs fans get on top of them and that will just add another powder cake, to, uh, add another ingredient to that powder cake that's there at the minute. Cool, cool. Well, I'm going to go, I think it's Spurs will win this game because it's at their ground. So I'm um, going to go 2-0 for Spurs. At least, I think these are the type of games that the likes of Song and Kane have for breakfast. So I think 2-0 Spurs. I also want to mention Kane's goal against Leicester. Yeah, it was it was very good. Very impressive to, to be able to finish that falling on the ground. Well, you have to yeah. take your hat yeah, off. If and I say, tried go, that, go. my groin would explode. Like so, <laughs> it, it was it was very good. It was very good. But um, right, we'll take a little break there, and then when we come back, we'll have a little chat about Everton, Man City, and Sheffield United uh, versus Liverpool. Welcome back. Going to start off by uh, obeying the, my notes and plugging the pod. <laughs> yeah, go on, go for it again. Follow us on Premier underscore podcast. Follow us on Facebook on Premier League Preview Podcast. Or, you know, subscribe to us on whatever podcast format you listen. Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, whatever. Just subscribe, leave us a comment, leave a review. And yeah, tell us what you think. Now, I've plugged the pod. All right, let's get down to business. We're going for going for gold here now in in, in the second section. Everton, yeah. Everton versus Manchester City. Two teams that could not have had more contrasting weekends if you had tried. Really, I suppose we did. We have to start with City. Like, what were they on? What the weekend? What a statement! <laughs> After what happened with Norwich, what a statement! That was like, I I was I was away 
texting you about the game as it was happening. And I think 20 minutes into the game, I sent you a text saying, blow it up, ref. Like poor Watford, what a battering! It was just ridiculous. I was saying, uh, as I was telling you off air, I think Delefeu had nine touches of the ball, and eight of them were from kickoffs. <laughs> that a lovely stat to have. But one one thing I I thought watching the game, um, it's weird how these how these games go. First of all, I want to say how teams haven't figured out at this point that Manchester City score in the first sixty to ninety seconds of every game. Yeah. If you're in the bottom half of the table you're going to get scored on in the first 60 or 90 seconds. So teams need to wake that up yeah. And, yeah, and just sit in for a couple of minutes and start your game. Like literally every team is given City a 1-0 lead yeah, within is. the first 90 seconds. Anyway, that's not the point I was going to make. The point <laughs> I was going to make is how the game could have been so different. Fair enough, City got their first goal in 60 seconds with David Silva. It was a beautiful, beautiful cross well, and a beautiful finish. Yeah. Nearly immediately after that, the ball went up to De La Feo from a kick out. He skinned Otamendi like he wasn't even there and he had a shot on goal and Edison got a hand to it and missed by a whisker. Mm. And just that much of a whisker could have made that a very different game. I think you're on crack, to be honest, because I, <laughs> I honestly think City would have torn them apart. But I, I understand City were on fire. But if if that if that goal of De La Feos had gone in and all of a sudden Watford had something to hang on to and they weren't chasing goals, it was 1-1 then. Then immediately after that, Ben Foster, <laughs> who, who I think is 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 probably... I might get a lot of slack for saying this, but I've, I've taught it since he was at West Brom. I think Ben Foster is the best English keeper in England. I think he's better than Jordan Pickford. I think he hasn't performed well at international level and some players just don't perform well at international yeah. level. But in terms of Premier League keepers, I think he's the best English keeper in the Premier League. Without a doubt, consistently wise. The teams he's played at, he's had to... Seriously, at West Brom, he, he, he was peppered with shots yeah, on a weekly say, basis. Yeah. But the, the the games he kept them in over the years, yeah, and even even at Watford last season, the same thing. But anyway, his moment of madness directly after that gave away a penalty, and from then it was just a landslide. Yeah, it was open season; they were beaten like redheaded children after that. It yeah, was yeah. just completely blown out the gate. But he even he was interviewed after the game. I don't know if any he saw a match of the day. He said like there was times you just had to stand back in awe of what City were doing in front of you. It felt like that. Uh, he pretty much was almost like a fan watching the match at times that he was just, he nearly forgot he was a goalkeeper supposed to be defending the goal like because it, he said City were just the best team that he's ever seen and uh, you have to give kudos to them. Like they they, they responded really well from uh, their defeat the week before. So they've, 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 they've at least confirmed the fact that they probably won't be beaten on goal difference this yeah, year yeah. anyway. Absolutely. But in fairness, no, in, in, in all seriousness, that was just an incredible performance from start to finish there. Like, they're so clinical. When, they, when they're on, it's just ridiculous. To, yeah. It's almost undefendable. Like, you just can't do anything about it. Yeah. But they re really made a statement. And in fairness, we, we, uh, Liverpool went out and they just about got over the line against Chelsea to keep that gap at five points. But still... They kind of indicated Liverpool, you're not going to get it easy this year. You're going to be, going to be hunting you down, yeah, and they're absolutely. going to keep. I, th I think City are going to keep making statements like that. Yeah, I, I really do, and I think they're going to make another one, obviously against Everton this weekend. I think it kind of suits. Uh, it kind of suits 
City to be in that position. Because if you remember the, the latter half of last season, Liverpool were one, two, three points ahead for most of the latter half of last season. Mm. City had games in hand or whatever. But it, it kind of suited City to constantly put, be putting on the pressure and, it say, did, yeah. and saying, we're here, we're not going anywhere. You know, and when when they, in situations where they're kind of a couple of points ahead, that's when they get lackadaisy and they, they drop points. So mm. I think the longer Liverpool are ahead of City, the harder it'll become for Liverpool to hold them off while they're in that mood of we're coming to get you. Yeah, look, we saw, I know people say it was a 10 point gap. It wasn't because, you know, they, that was only while game game weeks were just on. It was, all, it was only ever a seven point gap. Obviously became four then after City beat Liverpool in January. But um, I think they're going to just keep applying pressure, applying pressure, applying pressure. And eventually Liverpool are going to draw a game or something. You know, I think City have got their early season hiccups out of the way. Yeah, Liverpool probably haven't yet. Obviously they haven't because they haven't given up a point yet. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They, they, they've had, got, had a clean sweep so far. So that's due. Like, Liverpool aren't going to win every game this season. Eventually the gap is going to narrow. And Liverpool just can't keep looking over their shoulder, but we're going off on a massive tangent here. But I, I will say, going back to City, who who are the team we're talking about, I think if anybody is going to get points off City, and obviously Watford aren't the team to do it, but if anyone is going to get points off City, now is the time. Now is oh, the time. With the back, the back four situation, 100%. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I mean, Norwich, I know you guys talked about it, yourself and Brian talk, talked about it on the podcast last week. N- Norwich really did what teams need to do against City. Their back four is suspect at the moment with the players they have in the back four and with the injuries they have. And if you're Norwich or Watford or Wolves, you're not expected to beat City. No. They're not the games you're going to get points from. You're not expected to get one point from City. You know, they're, when, when in, in real terms, when managers sit down at the start of the season, they look at their fixtures. If you're Watford, if you're Norwich, if you're Sheffield United, you put a zero behind beside Man City. You're not expecting anything. Yeah. So... Why not tell your players before the game, go out and enjoy yourself. Just go for it. Just just run at them. Express yourself. Enjoy yourself. Nobody's expecting anything from you. And that's what Norwich did. Yeah, I agree with you to a point, but yeah. at the same, well, Norwich can't defend either. So that's yeah. probably why they had to do it, to be fair. Yeah. Right? They know that they can't sit back. It's not the type of football they play. But if you look at Watford, right? Say Watford went out with the say just say we'll put it into place here for yeah. as an example. Watford said, we'll go out and express ourselves. No one's expressing, uh, no one's expecting anything of us. We're bottom of the table. We'll have a go. And then you get your whole open date nil. Like, no, but Watford, like, Watford, 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 that's so hard to pick. What, I, what I'm saying is like, yeah. why would you say that to your team? Like, how are they going to, how are they, how the hell are they going to pick themselves up after that? Like, but the point you made at the start of the game is that Delefeo had nine touches in the game, mm-hmm. all from kickouts. Because Watford never left their half. They never yeah. tried to put pressure on the back four of City. That's the point I'm making. Just run at them. You know, and we know Otamendi is is suspect when he's put under pressure by attacking players. We know Fernandinho, while he's an incredible central defensive midfielder, yeah. and he's a good defender, he hasn't the legs to run after anybody. Yeah, no. So if you get order, if, yeah. if you get past Fernandinho, he's not catching you. If you get past Otamendi, you'll probably get a penalty. You know, so give it a go. You're, you're expected to lose anyway. What's the point in sitting back and trying to defend if you know you're going to ship eight goals? Watford never never tried to. You can't say Watford shipped eight goals because they were, they were too, too gung-ho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Do you know what I mean? Enough. They just not, never played. I see where you're coming from, but like conversely, we've had the the argument. Well, not the argument, the discussion that like the likes of Sheffield and maybe like, what what other team do we discuss that will sit back and kind of drain the life out of you? Um, Burnley was it Burnley? Burnley yeah. Saying like they are the teams that will survive because teams that are in the second half of the table that play open expansive football like Norwich will be torn apart. They'll go down. So you can't really at the same time say, oh yeah, Norwich are going to no. go down because they play that way, but then encourage teams but, to play that way against the best team in the league. No, like, but I'm not encouraging teams to play like that every week. You have to pick your games. But if it's a game, if you're newly promoted to the Premier League and you're expecting to finish 17th, 16th at best, you're not expecting to beat Manchester City. Mm. Just go out and have fun. Do you know what I mean? I Just try it. Oh, and if it goes terribly wrong and they're beating six or seven nil, and but then people go glorious Manchester City, and they don't even talk about it. nobody's giving out about Watford today. No, they're, they're not. They're but talking about, about how glorious Manchester City are. But what about com- what that does for your squad? You're not going to try and protect it. Like if you can maybe lose one nil to City, right, and it's not the worst result in the world, and your fans see you're working hard, they're not going to be on your back. But I guarantee you, Watford fan, you might say it's all applauded to the City, but I guarantee you the Watford the Watford fans aren't thinking like that. Yeah. They're saying. What in the name of sweet Jesus was going on that we lost eight nil? No, we shouldn't be losing to any team in the world eight nil. We're a Premier League side. So, but I, as if I was a Watford fan, I would rather see my team losing eight nil trying. Yeah. Then losing losing eight nil not trying. But anyway, you mentioned Sheffield United, who are a team that sit back, and they did it absolutely perfectly against City's coming opponents. Yeah, Everton. That was a nice segue, and I ruined it for you. I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Anyway, yeah. So Everton, who are in. A world of trouble at the moment. <laughs> and again, I said, we're, we're recording this on Sunday evening after the Premier League fixtures have just finished. And I said, I, I wasn't sure if Solskjaer was going to be there to, by next week. Really not confident that Marco Silva is yeah. going to see out the this, week. This is a 50-50 one. So if he's gone, just be aware that we're telling you we're kind of half expecting him to be gone. But we have to proceed as if he isn't at the minute. Exactly. Um, against Sheffield United, I felt a little bit, uns- little bit sorry for Marco Silva and Everton because it's one of those games... That happens, teams. Sheffield United, they left, I think they left their own half twice. Mm. They had one shot on target and one, won 2-0. One, so one, one shot on a, target, one, one own goal and one, <laughs> one shot of their own on target. So I think they'd actually one shot, if, I, if I'm if i not wrong. I could be wrong on that. Yeah. I think they had one shot and it was obviously the goal and yeah. then the, 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 the own goal. It was the prototype for the phrase doing a job <laughs> they literally did a job on Everton and it couldn't have come at a worse time for Everton with the results they're having and the pressure that their manager is under but at the end of the day you're Everton you're at Goodison Park Marco Silva your manager you've got a good squad of players a squad of good players mm-hmm. you shouldn't be losing 2-0 to Sheffield United at home yeah you shouldn't and it happened to them against Villa away as well uh, Villa got the goal Wesley got the goal and they sat ba- uh, Villa sat back and they yeah. strangled the living daylights out of uh, Everton and it worked and then they got the late goal as well just to, to obviously to win 2-0 but like yeah it, this shouldn't be happening in Everton it no. shouldn't be they have too good a squad now and too many clever players and they've been in the league a long time you know yeah. you know so I just I, t- I I think he'll go I think he has to go and we're, we're talking about we're talking about earlier as well before we were recording about the ownership they're pumping money into this club for Absolutely. the last two years Absolutely. And, they, and I said they're cutting the, <laughs> the cameramen are obviously aware of what's going on and they're cutting to the the two, the, the lads in the, in the stand that are the owners and they do not cut happy figures they, no. they're like lads that are fed up to the teeth of what yeah. they're seeing on the field and like you know the fall guy is always going to be the manager and I think Silva, while he is a good manager, we saw that. Yeah, we saw just, that with Watford. And 
there's managers who are very good managers, but sometimes it just doesn't work out at certain clubs for them mm. for various reasons. Whether it's whether they don't get on with the group of players, they're not getting the support they want, just different reasons. And I think this is a one of those situations where it just hasn't worked at Everton for him. No. And I think the I think the club need to make a decision fairly rapid. Yeah. Oh, he'll be he, uh, if he makes it to October. It'll be a miracle. If he, I think if he if he makes it to the actually sure. What like what do you, what 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 good is it keeping him like up up to the city game if they're going to play like they did against Sheffield? I was about to say if he makes it to the city game, he'd be lucky. But then in saying that, what's the point in bringing in a new manager to ship eight goals to City? May as well let let Silva take the hiding and then go and looking dingo, for your new manager. Exactly. <laughs> Don't be bringing a lad in and then having him beat four 0 That'd be a terrible start to the new tenure. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, no, that there, there's merit in that. In fairness, if they're tactical, they'll do it that way. Yeah. But um. Look, what can like maybe you know freak results do happen. Like City went to Norwich, everyone was expecting them to hammer them, and they got beaten. So you never yeah. know. But on all known form this season, like, like you have to go. You just have to go with a City win here. Like you, yeah, one hundred percent to me, and especially with the form they showed last week. I know form is temporary, class is permanent, and all that crack. But the form that they'll be rolling into this game in, the the confidence to be up, everyone. Yeah. Bernardo Silva even got a hat trick. You know, everyone is flying at the minute. Yeah, I think so. I think the way the way they came out against Watford, the way they played against Watford, it was a real kind of we made our mistake last week. No one's ever going to do that to us again. Mm-hmm. Now they obviously they'll have off days, but no, I don't see one coming soon. Not the way they played against Watford. No. It was, um, and we have to even say it as well, like against Norwich. Like they were very unlucky to to, to lose that game. Do you yeah, know, in, yeah. on the run of play, they were very unlucky to lose that game. Things just didn't go their way, and they didn't get the breaks. Yeah, but that's the way football goes. But like, it's not as if they were the second best side. You know, Arch did what they did very well. They 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 took on the city press and outsmarted it well. Yeah, and they broke and and they they were very good. In fairness, you have you couldn't take anything away from Arch. But City were the better team and had the more chances. Should have scored more goals. Yeah, you know? so like you have to take that result with a pinch of salt. And now they've rolled into. To Watford and or they've welcomed Watford and absolutely destroyed them all over the park. Yeah. So to me, like this has to be a city win. It has to be two or three, two or three nil city. Well, win. before our mate, we make our predictions, I, right. would, I would just like to offer my commiserations to anyone who had Raheem Sterling in their fantasy team. <laughs> so so many people. My brother just looked at me with an angry smile and goes, "I had Raheem Sterling as my captain this week." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of people that were. V- very although he did say at least he didn't come on with a couple of minutes to go yeah that would have been a bit worse I suppose yeah, yeah. yeah but um your subs can filter on but um yeah sure look tough he, yeah. he, he he's he's an absolute flying farm and and the law of averages you'll have a very good season if he's in your team so I, I that's like one of the things to say about City the form that Sterling is in this season he's probably one of their best players he has been up, on, oh, yeah. up until this 100%. game he has been their best player he didn't even play in this game and they still won 8-0 yeah you know that it's terrifying to even think about the potential of this city. <laughs> it is, it is. But look, let's let's make our predictions. I'll say three nil, three nil city. I'm going to say four nil city, four nil city. And are we predicting Marco Silva gets the the bullet after this fixture? Well, I I would have been a hundred percent sure that he was getting the bullet before this fixture until I just had the revelation that. It would be better to do wait till he gets yeah. beaten here. Don't knock a new manager's confidence. No matter who, no matter who the manager is at the weekend, unless it's Pep Guardiola, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're getting beaten. Yeah. Okay. So well, yeah. that brings us uh, to well, it's not back over to Merseyside, but it's to the other Merseyside team who are traveling to the Blades this weekend. Yeah, to play Sheffield United. Um, 
like I suppose you're looking at Liverpool against Chelsea they kind of stumbled over the line really um, they were good in the first half Trent's goal was a screamer but on the balance of play Chelsea were probably unlucky not to have gotten excuse me a goal in the first half or maybe taking a draw even in, mm. in, in, into half time and Chelsea were the better side in the second half no doubt no I think, doubt I think this is this is the ideal fixture for Liverpool after the week they've just had they've had a rough week they went to Napoli played well lost 2-0 yeah and then they went to Chelsea. Fair enough, they won, but they weren't the better side they for most ugly. of the game. They, they won hard. They yeah. won ugly. And there's a lot of, you know, people coming out. There was a lot of press after the game about how they won ugly, blah, blah, blah. Which is, it's fair enough. They won the game. They got three points. But I think after that week, two very tough games to have an entire week off and then go play Sheffield United, which is probably pretty much a carbon copy of the Newcastle game they had a couple of weeks ago. It is in the type of team. Fair. It's it's the perfect week. It on paper, it should be the perfect week for Liverpool. Yeah, I don't know. I think you'd like to be playing a Watford <laughs> 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 or, or, or a Watford at home rather than a Sheffield United away. Like Sheffield yeah. United are tough. They're the half half of the table for a reason. Like you know, they're they're, they're gonna they're gonna be the the forty point team. Sheffield United. They're gonna get course, their job. Yeah, yeah. They're gonna get their job done at home. Yeah, and you're just looking at this fixture. Maybe going can they steal a point? Probably not. Realistically, no. To be honest about it, like they're no. going to be outclassed, and they're probably going to sit back. They're going to approach this exactly the same way as they approach the Everton game. Yeah, they did. They will. Yeah, but they will. which is exactly the same way that Newcastle approached the Liverpool game. You will have way more quality. There'll be way yeah. more quality to keep at bay. Is exactly. the issue for Sheffield United? Exactly. Yeah. 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 And I now we've said this on, like on so many podcasts that in previous seasons these are the games that Liverpool drop points they draw but I'd be very surprised after Liverpool winning 15 games in a row with more than two good goals in every game yeah. that they go to Sheffield and drop points look stats are there to be broken and records are there to be broken so you just don't know but yeah it, it, you're looking at it going you're, you're, you can see this game when you have Adrian standing at the edge of his box. Van Dijk is holding the line at midfield. Yeah. And it's just everything is inside in the Sheffield half. Yeah. And they're just going to unlock to pick the lock and small little balls through. Maybe Bobby Firmino work his magic. It'll be that type of, be that type of game. Yeah. So, but yeah, like there isn't really much else to say here to me, to be, for me, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, I agree. Like, I just think that Liverpool will, will probably win this game. And no, no matter what, we're not going to be treated to a feast of football. Put it no. that way. But the one thing is then again, Kind of watching the Liverpool Chelsea game, the longer it went on, the more vulnerable Liverpool looked. They just looked. You, you could see the we we could smell the goal coming. From, yeah, and it but was I, bad defending. Now, in fairness, it was bad defending. Kante uh, should have been closed down for the first goal or for Chelsea's goal, and uh, you could just kind of smell the tension in the air. Yeah, and it just if Sheffield same thing again as I said earlier, if Sheffield can hold them at bay for a while, then maybe the cat is among the pigeons. But the one thing that is that I really feel is in Liverpool's favour with this fixture is the timing of it. Half 12 on Saturday. Well, You're I, out there to steal a march on City once again and put the gap at eight. Now, City can go and beat Everton five or six nil if they want, but they have to go and do it after you've already done it. And that's the massive mental edge. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And if you remember most of, for a long time last season, when Liverpool were winning their games, they were always playing before City. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it, it does, it does. There was work. four or five weeks in order to outperform all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it works, it work, does work in their favour, just in it for a mentality type of thing. But I think this this game particularly suits Liverpool because they have a weak break. I think the reason they looked 
so shaky in the in the second half against uh, Chelsea. I think they were fatigued. I think he went with nearly identical squad. Nine of the eleven played for an played against, against Napoli, Napoli and, and it showed. And even Firmino, who who was having a sensational season so far, halfway into the second half against Chelsea, he was misplacing passes. He was dro- he was dropping off where he should be. You know, we'd normally be in at pushing defenders, and you could see that all over the pitch. Just so, just to counteract you on that quickly mm. though, you're looking at a gap of Tuesday to Sunday evening though, rather than Wednesday to Saturday, you know. So I don't know if I maybe they're just a bit fatigued, and, and that's fair enough. Jeez, yeah. they they break their hearts on the field, and they, the games come taking fast at times. But like five days is plenty to recover from a game. Now maybe they're doing too I, much between games or something. I will say to be fair to Chelsea, they they were playing Valencia at the weekend as well, or during the week as yeah. well. So you know, but I just thought I just thought watching Liverpool, they looked. Fatigued, I could be wrong. That's what it looked yeah, like to me. Lo- either either way, a week break can only be yeah. a benefit before before your next game. Yeah, and Bobby Bobby looked fatigued. Yeah. And and look, we have to remember that while he came on and scored against Newcastle, or no, sorry, did, did he score? No, he set up a goal against Newcastle. Sorry, yeah, he came on with twenty seven minutes gone. I think it was when Divock Origi went half injured. Exactly. There's a reason he was rested, you know. And yeah. then he rolls in, plays the Napoli game, was, and then he rolls into Chelsea. Like so, he and was, he looked tired at the end of that Chelsea game. He was rested at that Newcastle game because he'd just come back from playing two it, fixtures in, in South in, America. Yeah, you know, so yeah. that's there's a lot of Liverpool players who've been all over the world in the last few weeks, and there's the likes of Salah and Mane who have been playing African Cup football all summer. Mm. So, I just think a week a break is coming at a good time. Yeah, it, for it Liverpool, is but not a great time for Sheffield United. I, think. I agree, and that that I think that half twelve fixture, you get a chance to set your stall out early and go go eight points here. And as I said, the in all likelihood, City will go out and narrow that gap to five again, but they have to do it. Yeah, and before they go out, they know that Liverpool are after winning, and they know that, like if they have obviously this is hypothetical. If Liverpool do win, City are going out playing Everton, knowing they're eight points behind, and they have to win to close that gap again. And I know it's it's very early in the season. Jesus, it'll only be the seventh game of the season. But at the same time, that that does play. I don't care what anyone says. That plays on a team's mind. Going, we have to. It's the tyranny of the shoulds and the haves. That's a yeah. big thing in life. The tyranny of the shoulds, one and thing, they have to go and do it. One thing that's really disappointed me at so at this point in the season is that we're seven games in, and it's a two horse race. It's a two horse race. Yeah, I I was really hoping. Like I, I, everyone knows that listens to this podcast at this point. I'm a Liverpool, I'm a Liverpool fan, and yeah. I'm I'm not gonna be behind the door about saying that. But I was really hoping that, especially at this point of the season, that there'd be three or four teams in around there all scrapping for points. Yeah. You know, and it's it's like last season has just continued, and all people are look, all the neutrals are looking at is what Liverpool have done and what Manchester City have done. Yeah, you know, and it's 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 disappointing for the league, and I really hope. Obviously, I don't hope my own team takes a dip, but I do hope that other teams do come into the mix at some point in the season. And it doesn't become like the Bundesliga or the Serie A or the La Liga in recent seasons where it's just two teams and another league. I really hope that that isn't the future of the Premier League. I agree. And obviously, anyone that's listening to this now knows as well. I'm also a Liverpool fan <laughs> and I, I, I completely and utterly agree. Like, we grew up watching the Premier League, watching mediocre enough Liverpool teams at times, but, like, the league was exciting and there was teams in with a shout. Like, obviously, you want to see Liverpool go and win the league as a fan or whatever, but at the same time, you want to see the league thriving. You want to see close, competitive games. You want to see top six all battling it out and stuff. Yeah. You don't want to see two teams completely blasting away from the rest of the league. Like, it's it's just uncompetitive. And, and 
while you know City and Liverpool then is, is billed as the massive Titanic clash and all this yeah. often like those games don't throw up great games and then like what else do you have then you have teams battling obviously third and fourth and Champions League spots aren't to be snuffed at but that's what you're kind of that's what you're bigging up then really like but uh, I, I'd be okay if Liverpool and City were ahead and there was a decent battle for third, fourth, fifth and sixth but it's but like they're all falling all over each other trying like, to finish sixth exactly like. it's like none of them wanted Spurs yeah. can't win a game Arsenal just give everybody a four goal advantage. It's like it's, Arsenal are all down in nagging's of ICAP for they go out to see what happens because <laughs> no one knows what's going to happen exactly. for game. Like. And you know what? I see Leicester City are sitting in third and I really hope they finish in the top four. I oh, yeah. I don't know if it'll benefit them next year playing in the Champions League, but on the, the start of the season, they're there on merit and they're the only the only team outside the top two that really deserve to be where they are I agree think. yeah they play lovely football there's a feel good factor in the club which is obviously hard enough considering what that club has gone through in the last couple of years with the with the, the owner and the helicopter crash and all that yeah. crack like it's it's a that was obviously a very dark period for the club but it seemed they're kicking on massively and it'd be great to see that club have another big moment again another good moment and to be honest like we're, we're talking about Leicester getting top four on a wing and a prayer they mightn't need it. And that's the way teams... We have we have United and Arsenal playing against each other this weekend. Sure, that could yeah. finish nil all or one all. And then Leicester go and they win. They're, they're playing Newcastle at home. Sure, like, that'd be, that's a that's a lovely fixture for them. Exactly. They, they're, yeah. they're loving that. Yeah. If they go and steal points, they're going to steal points on either Man United or Arsenal again, guaranteed. It could be both. Yeah. So like, Jesus, like, there's no reason at all now that if Leicester can maintain their form, that they won't be able to massive shout for Champions League and all power to them. And to be honest, without being... We know you're supposed to maintain objectivity or whatever. I don't care. I want Leicester to be in the Champions League next year. Like, yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Anyway, we've got off on a massive tangent there. Wonderful tangent. Yeah, let's give a prediction for Sheffield United versus Liverpool, and then we'll take a little break, calm ourselves down a little bit because we've, we've got carried away. There. We're going mad all together. Yeah, 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 I need my calp on. Um, I will uh, say Liverpool two 0 but. Yeah, 2-0, two, 2-0. Two nil, two nil. I'm not going to go on any more tangents but during predictions because that's just stupid. <laughs> Liverpool 2-0. I'm going to go Liverpool 3-0 and I'll, I'll take a 1-0. i take a clean sheet because oh, I, I, Liverpool need a clean sheet. They've only won now in th- 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 this season which is, which is, it's not great for Liverpool. I know they've only conceded five goals but still, five goals in six games isn't unreal either. Like, But yeah. uh, like, yeah, a clean a clean sheet is, is what a couple of clean sheets now I'd say is what Liverpool are wanting, especially with Allison out. They want a bit yeah. of solidity at the back there again. Yeah, and this might be a good one to try and go to go and get it, like because goals aren't exactly forthcoming for Sheffield United. Exactly, they're yeah. not banging them in left, right, and centre. And you have they're not going to make too many f- mad forays up the pitch either. Nah, so you go, McGoldrick was out there. He was injured at the weekend uh, against Everton. I don't know if he'll be back or what his story is. But if Callum Robinson's up front, he's Callum was grand player, like but. As we know from being Ireland, uh, being Irish and Ireland fans, like you wouldn't do Van Dyke won't be quaking in his boots looking at Callum Robinson exactly, type yeah. of way. So yeah. this is a good chance for them to get a clean sheet and hopefully another three points. But yeah, look, there's a reason they play these games because wild things can happen. Exactly. Yeah. So I go. I, you're going two 0 I'm going three 0 We're going to take a little break there, um, and then we're going to come back and we'll rattle through all the rest of the fixtures and we'll see where we go from there. And I, I might hug the pod. Oh, excited. Welcome back. Now, into the final section of the podcast, I think. The quick fire round, baby. The quick fire round. First of all, let's plug the pod. Do, go for it. Twitter. Twitter is Premier underscore podcast. Facebook. 
uh, Premier League preview podcast. Where can you subscribe? Anywhere that's worth their salt in listening to podcasts. You can subscribe on uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, SoundCloud, uh, Stitcher, Spotify. Uh, said there's a, probably a million and one other ones. Google Google Podcasts. Google Podcasts, yeah. Yeah, Breaker, TuneIn Radio, Radio Republic. I, literally anywhere. Anywhere. Literally anywhere. anywhere. If, if we're not on it, it's not worth being there. Abs- absolutely, yeah. It's probably ran by a lot of people that deserve to be thrown in jail. Yeah, throw us now. We've got a few nice reviews over the last couple of weeks, actually. Uh, one of the weeks we might give a shout out to a few people that gave us reviews on, on Apple Podcasts and places like that. Definitely. And you know what we should do actually just came into my head. If you're going to leave a review, kind of leave a few lines of a break and leave a question. Any question whatsoever. It could be what colour are Sean's eyes? Uh, what length is the butter knife I'm currently waving? <laughs> uh, just anything, anything like that. Just say, and we'll get, we'll get back to you. A bit of interaction. And we, we, what we'll have to do in a few weeks or when, when, we get, when we go from the hundreds of thousands of listeners to the millions of listeners, yeah. we'll have to do some sort of a giveaway as well. Just, just to incent- incentivize us. We'll have to incentivize it. Absolutely. We were, we were also talking um, during the week, we're lining up a number of guests to come on, some with vast amounts of experience and knowledge and some less so. Yeah. But entertainment value but we will have we will be having a few guests over the next coming over the over coming weeks when there's maybe some big fixtures and stuff like that um also you know we watch as many of the premier league games as we can each week mm-hmm. as much as our televised and much as our match of the day and things like that and try to get across our views on games if you think something completely different to what we think or if you have a prediction that's completely different or an insight that you think that we should be getting across in the podcast let us know send us a send us a message on twitter on facebook leave a comment even in the review section because if it's something like we're we're not experts and not even the people on television are experts nobody's an expert subject football is such a subjective thing yeah everybody's opinion is valid and i mean if if you get something and we might go wow that's something i never thought of and, you know, we'll bring it up here and we'll give you credit. We might even bring you on as a guest. Oh, Jesus. Via the, the, via the Skype machine. Oh, we're, we're, we're really getting the listeners excited now. They're, yeah. they're going to be listening full intent. So yes. they are now. Okay, let's get the quick fire. Well, we say quick fire. I, and I said this last week and we we're going to rattle through them. And it took me about a half an hour to get through five games because I kept rambling. So stop yeah. me rambling if I, if I start. But we'll, we'll it, horse into it. It's hard not to, though. I do it a bit as well. Like, yeah, it is. Sometimes because there's... There's things you need to talk about. There is, there is. You can't, you like, can't get, you can't brush over games too lightly either. Like so exactly, so. like when you get to a fixture like Crystal Palace versus Norwich City, like there's so many permutations. You yeah. have to talk about it. The four horsemen of the apocalypse could ride into the stadium <laughs> during this game because only God knows what's happening here. Only God knows. Like Palace, as we said, are just an enigma. Like you just don't know what the hell's going to come with Palace. They look to have secured a great three points. Yeah. Only to concede a 95th minute equaliser last week against Wolves, which will be gut-wrenching for them because yeah. they're really looking for points at the minute. They're struggling for points. And now, in fairness, that will sicken them to their core. That would have put them into the top half of the table, I think, if my mathematics well, they, are correct. They would have yeah. been. Yeah. So, like we said, that after, was it game week three or four? They were in third position after scoring three goals and conceding two. You know, it was yeah. just a complete anomaly. We said they were going to go into free fall. That would have slowed that free fall down a bit, but Yata did what Yata does, and I think that's a second or third ninety minute plus equaliser. Not only that, Wolves played with ten men for a large portion of yeah, that game, yeah, yeah, and they did. Palace were one 0 ahead of ten men, and 
if I'm not, uh, am I correct in saying it was a Wolves own goal? That, it was. Yeah, yeah so was. yeah, look, that couldn't sum up Crystal Palace anymore <laughs> if we tried. But, but I, I don't, they're, they're, they're going to stay in the Premier League. Oh, like I said at the start of the season that I thought to be relegated, but then I just forgot that Roy Hodgson is Roy Hodgson, and they, they, he'll infuriate you and like exacerbate you in equal measure. Exactly, and they're not going to get relegated. They're not going to break into the top six. They're gonna, they're probably not even going to break into the top half. Yeah. They're going to float in somewhere in between thirteen and seventeenth position. Yeah, and they're just going to. Just go through the whole season just palacing everybody. Yeah, oh, for, for sure, for sure. Like, do you know, this will be the team now. Like, they'll probably end up, Liverpool will win about 25 games in a row and it'll be Palace that'll stop the run, you know? Exactly. That, that, that's, that's the team That's they what they do. They did it, they've done, already done it this season to, to Spurs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They just don't know. But with this fixture against Norwich here, oh, sure, like, Norwich just can't defend. We've we've established that. Yeah. Um, Palace can't score, really. Yeah. Um, so, like, what, what have they? How many goals have they? Five? Four one's an own goal, yeah. After six games, so that says a lot, really. Um, I see <laughs> this is just the most. I, I, I actually you know what if Selhurst Park is a big is a, is a big uh factor in this because that is a it's an unreal ground. The yeah. fans deserve all the credit. If uh, in the unlikely event there are some Crystal Palace fans listening, fair play to you, you're unreal, and it's always a place I, I want to go. Say, I'd love to go to a match there, it's just a complete neutral, but um. It is a bit. It is a bit. It'll be a big help to them, but I think they'll need it because yeah. I like Norwich should be looking at this game as an away game. Go, we can go and get something here. We can yeah. go and play our the type of football we like playing here without kind of the fear of being completely torn apart at the back. Because Barzaha, they don't really have much of an attacking threat like that. Yeah. we've established their, their their strikers aren't up to it. Their midfield is fairly slow. Yeah. like I just this is a great game for Norwich. I think so. I would marginally favour Norwich. I'm going to go Norwich two one here. Yeah, I'm, but, I'm a little worried that the, the shine has gone off Norwich a little bit. Like, I mean, they had their 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 big moment against City, but then they went out and pretty dismal 2 0 loss yeah. against Burnley this week. You know, so Burnley are a tough side, though, especially in Turf Moor. Yeah, I, like I know Chris Wood got the, did the damage in four minutes, two goals in yeah. the tenth and fourteenth minutes, but like not Burnley are a tough enough outfit, and like. They they were really rock solid under Deitch two years ago. Yeah. Last year they were a bit shaky and they weren't humming and hawing whether they were going to go maybe be subject to the drop or not. Mm. But this season they look to be rock solid again. They look they've solidified. Wood and Barnes up front are a pain to deal with yeah. for yeah. for any for any back four. They're just physical in your face, annoying. But um, so like it's not the it's not the worst in the world, but still obviously not ideal for Norwich. But yeah. this to me is a better fixture for them on the road. And you know what. Norwich are very up and down and I feel like this is going to be another peak instead of a trough and I'm going to go for a 2-1 Norwich. I'm going to go for a 1-0 Crystal Palace. 1-0. Who, who scores it is the issue? Probably another own goal. Wilfred Saha. <laughs> Wilfred Saha. He's due one and I have him in my fantasy team. He yeah, wants yeah. that scoring soon yeah. and he's gone. But so, um, That's one we don't agree on which is unusual. Yeah, which is good. Yeah. Because... We're both. We're, we usually when we agree, we're both wrong, not both right. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what? What about the the fixture of uh, Villa Burnley? Oh, this God. is this is like, I feel like in this game, if both both sets of eleven players went into the changing room at halftime, swapped jerseys, came back out, nobody'd notice. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You're you're not far wrong. In fairness, I think it must be said Villa were fairly unlucky now to not to get a, a point off Arsenal. Yeah. And they were unlucky against Palace. They were robbed of a goal. I've been ranting and raving about that by VAR. So like Villa 
while they're sitting in 18th at the minute with four points, I think they've been a slight bit unlucky. They have, a yeah. slight, slight bit unlucky. But they're, still, but they're, they're they the haven't. Kind, they're the kind of things that go against newly promoted sides, yeah. you know. And Well, they can, yeah, they can. But, yeah. like, they, they haven't been great. I don't know. You couldn't. You can't blame misfortune for all their woes. No. But, like, uh, Burnley are a tough, tough side. I'd, you'd have to say, I, I, I have to fancy Burnley here, like, but... Villa at home, as we said, this is Villa. If they stay up, is going to be done at home. That's where they're going to get their points. Yeah. Um, I think Ty- Tyrone Mings has his work cut out for him against the two boys, yeah, Woods and Barnes. Yeah. I, I that that's a tough test for anybody, and I I think Mings probably no offense to Villa or any of their fans, but Mings carries that defense. Oh, he own. does. I was just going to say he can't he can't keep that show going on his own. Yeah, he can't like so. They're going to they're going to leak they're going to leak goals like but. Uh, it's a, this this is a real tough tough game. That this, do you know what? Do you know what? Nil all, nil all. That's what I'm. It kind of has nil all written all it over. It really it doesn't it. Right in there. It's kind of like the the Brighton Newcastle game of last week. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> in fairness, you call that one perfectly. It's nil all. It's just a, no one can score. We're not good enough. No one. Yeah. It's just one of those games that you just have no interest in watching whatsoever. Like I, I would normally call it a nil all, but I just think the form that Woods and Barnes are on. I think one of them could get a goal. Like, uh, where am I losing it? Or at a Premier League, uh, the fixture committee on crack if they're putting Newcastle and Brighton on a half five televised game on a Saturday as well. Last week, there there was Newcastle and Brighton where the televised game. Yeah, like yeah. Are they trying to sedate the population <laughs> on mass or what's the crack like? If 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 anyone's listening to this and you don't follow us on social media, I I generally handle most of the uh, social media posts. <laughs> And I called the Newcastle Brighton game as the fixture most likely to induce a coma. Yeah. Um. I I didn't set out to offend any Newcastle or Brighton fans, but I'm just listen. You've seen the game. Yeah. It it is what it is, and you know, this one is pretty similar. Yeah. Like, could you not have moved City Watford to half five? Yeah. Would you not have looked at that as a as an option? I don't know. Maybe maybe there's a reason that they didn't, and there's you know there's always reasons for these things. But like yeah, to me, yeah, yeah. that just looks like an all rainer. But obviously there could have, the, there's probably issues there. Like they do have to give every team the fair crack of the whip of getting the the the, the high profile fixture times. Yeah, they don't. They don't. They don't. <laughs> just like when you're looking at the, whatever about you, sure like Newcastle are going to be on TV playing the top six. Brighton to sit likewise. You know. And, yeah. And, you yeah, know, true. you get your fair shake that way as well, but. Like to me now, bar the, the club's fans, like who is interested in watching Newcastle Brighton? Like, yeah, to, yeah. to be completely honest about it, true. I like you'd want to be a proper purist, traditional, tra- excuse me, traditionalist to really care about that football unless you've a vested interest in it. Like, so, yeah, yeah. so, but anyway, that was a complete rant. I, I just that was something I had to bring up because I thought that was crazy. So, um, Villa Burnley, yeah, to me, nil all. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go one nil Burnley just because I think Woods and Barnes are in good form, and I think, yeah, yeah. I think. Mings can't contain the two of them for the full 90 minutes. And if he does, fair play to him. Yeah, fair play. But okay. let's go. I'm going to go 1-0 to, or sorry, 0-1. 0-1. 1 to Burnley. Right. Wolves and Watford, the game of the Ws. Wolves and Watford. Ooh, uh, sure, you'd have to be going Wolves at home if their legs don't fall apart from all the games they're playing. They look... Like they're, they're they're not handling the Europa League and uh, Premier League thing well at all. Wasn't it West Ham that had the same issue before? 
Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Everton a few seasons oh, ago yeah, as well. Yeah. And Spurs, their first season in the Champions League, they couldn't win a game in the Premier League yeah. after playing Champions League. And that happens. That happens to teams that aren't used to playing European football. It's a big stretch for teams, especially teams the size of Wolves. They really have to look at how they structure these competitions. Yeah. Because year after year after year, teams with small resources in terms of players get caught out in their domestic league by being dragged into these European competitions that most of the time they don't want to be in because they're not going far in them anyway. Mm. So anyway, that's a discussion for a whole other podcast. Yeah. But this is one week that Wolves don't have European football. Yeah. And they'll they'll enjoy this break now. They'll like we were just saying about you know Liverpool rolling into a break uh, heading yeah. to Sheffield. This is be massive. Wolves will be looking at this game going for the love and honor of Jesus, we need to really win this game. Yeah. But they, they, and they will be looking at it going, my good God, we have to win this game. I think like. this is going to be a cracking game because they're two teams that desperately need a win. I, to me, I see, I, I think Wolves will win it, but maybe, I, 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 do you know what? I, that's a game now, do you know, like we we're just saying, the Newcastle Brighton issue, no one really cares. This is a game of neutral Washington. and go, these two could have a right clip off each other here yeah. because they really, already they're in a serious battle for their lives. Like Exactly. Yeah. So like, I'd I'd slightly favour Wolves and I will tip Wolves to win, but yeah, that's going to be an absolute. I I I have to say that's going to be a cruncher. You can see you can see it being a physical in your face game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. But to me, Wolves will have enough. Watford are just looking abject and just I just I like bar bar that second half against Arsenal. I do, I, I seen glimpses in that second half against Arsenal of the Watford side we knew at the start of last season before things went south for Gracia and the Watford side we knew under Kike Sanchez Flores the first time the players are there and they have the quality whatever happened with Gracia nobody knows why the team stopped playing but they have the ability I think Wolves under Nuno Spirito Sancto have been a massively improved team I think they're struggling with all their Europa League games but this is a, a week when they have a break Yeah. so I think I think it's going to be a very tight affair. They're two very similar teams with very similar similar but different circumstances. I, so I think in all that being said, it's going to end up a draw. Yeah, maybe. I know. I'm just looking here like Watford have two draws. In mm. fairness, they probably should have beaten Arsenal. They were unlucky. A couple of chances toward the end that they could have scored and obviously that would have won it from uh, they had Arsenal on the rack. But uh, other than that, they snuck a draw against Newcastle away. Yeah. And like they didn't deserve it to be honest. Newcastle were the better team, I suppose. Well, you don't get what you always deserve like, but um, like they, they nicked the goal early Will Hughes scored the goal early uh, in St. James's Park and from then on Newcastle got equalised and they were the better team Yeah. Um, but other than that I haven't seen much from Watford that like I, do, I think that instant uh, as we said we, we often say when, when a, manage, a new manager comes in it can give an instant boost to the squad I don't see this happening for uh, Watford and I see him losing here so I will tip Wolves I will go 1-0 Wolves and they, it'd be a result that they desperately need I'm 1-1. 1-1. Sounds good. You bypassed the game there. Or but West Ham. West Ham. Good man you are. Fair play to you. No, I'm just working in, in the two in columns different. that are written in front of me here. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Working uh, fairly. You're, like, you're, like, you're, you're moving there like a, a knight in, in chess, so you are. Yeah, Bournemouth, West Ham. Oh, God. It sounds awful to me. Why? It just, it's just... Ah, this would be a good enough game, I reckon. Like, sure, look, you're fifth and sixth here. We're, think, we're playing for Europa League places here, my man. I just think it's just, I think it's a 0-0. Zero, zero. I think it's a nil all, all day long. I think watching West Ham in the first half against United without Manuel Lanzini 
it was just such a struggle. You look watch. Like, you look like you're slowly being shut down like a Windows PC that needs to be restarted here. You're it was getting so disenthused. Like or unenthused even, of course, would be a good word. I think no, it, we we we've spoken about West Ham in recent weeks that they've done very well to get Pellegrini as a manager. They have some really good players in Anderson, Haller, um, Lanzini, even Noble. Yarmolenko scored twice in the last three games. Yarmolenko. Which is unusual. Noble has turned into the, the West Ham Perlow, as I said in, yeah. in, in a previous podcast. But I think taking the creative creativity of Lanzini out, it really nullified them against United. Now, still won 2 0. They, they won. <laughs> they, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They like? did won, win 2 0, but watching the game was such a struggle. It was such a struggle to watch. And I think without Lanzini, they're going to struggle at Bournemouth. But I think Bournemouth are going to struggle to break them down. And that's why I think it's going to end up a 0 0. Riddle me this now. I'm not fully tuned in. Is Lanzini definitely out for this game? Um, as far as I know, it's a few weeks injury. To me, I, I to me, this game looks a cracker. To be honest, Bournemouth mm. coming off a a three a three one win against Southampton, Bournemouth play lovely open expansive football, like m- moving the ball quickly. They're they seem to be a team, and obviously they're a team in form. They're in sixth at the minute. West Ham yeah. are clearly in in form. Like to me, this looks like a a, a great game. Um, how to call it though is a, is is the issue. <laughs> This is going to be a nil-nil. I know. It's I'm a, telling you, it's I going do, to be a nil-nil. Oh, do you know what? Do you know what? Yeah. I'm going to... This is going to... It's terrible call, like, but sure, I'm going to go for it anyway. Three all. Three. Three-three. <laughs> oh, plenty of games finished three-three. Three-three. And anyone that isn't listening from Ireland is definitely laughing at the way I just said three-three. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. Three-three. Yeah. I, I, we, three. There's a, Nearly every week we talk about... Teams winning three, three this, three that, or losing yeah, three sure nil or three that. Either. And I'm guaranteeing that every listener in the UK just finds it the most hilarious thing ever. Yeah. Well, laugh it up, folks. Yeah, keep, laugh it up. Because you're going to get plenty more of it. Yeah, so three all. Yeah. Okay, That's, well, I'm going, I'm going nil nil. Sure, look. The bra- the, what's it? Fortune favours the brave. Exactly. But um, what else have we left? Oh, yeah, Chelsea Brighton. We forgot to talk about that. Yeah, Chelsea Brighton. I, I, I'm looking forward to this fixture only because I think that uh, Chelsea are going to go out and score four or five goals against Brighton. Probably like yeah. um, Chelsea can't def- well yeah well okay no it's not right in saying they can't defend it's not great at it their de- defense in, their defending has significantly improved although uh, until Christensen was carried off the pitch against Liverpool in the game just gone and uh, uh, he wasn't the only defender to go off who else went off injured um, um the the uh, full back um jeez what's his name how can't I think of his name Emerson Emerson and uh, and a f- a not fully fit. Marcus Lanzo had to come on. Now, in fairness, Marcus Lanzo looked fairly good when he came on. Yeah. So I'd say he was nearing. Obviously, he was on the bench, so he was nearing close enough match fitness. So I'd say he's likely to start next week. Yeah. So that that is a boost for them. Now, the Frank Lampard said after the game that Christensen's injury didn't look, didn't appear too severe or too serious. Yeah. But he couldn't walk, so I'd say it'll take a bit of time. I can't see him training during the week. Yeah. So to me, I don't. Now, just obviously, it's all guesswork, but. I don't see him starting. I don't see him starting here. I have a feeling Rudiger will start. I know he came back and then went off again, but from what they were saying today in the commentary, that he's he's near near enough ready to to start playing again. Maybe. So well, but he would have been on the bench then, nobody. He's obviously further behind Max Alonso. In, in he must be. He must be. But the biggest advantage that Chelsea have, never mind the back yeah. four, is having N'Golo and Golo Kante back, and he. Put, because of the other, shield over the back four, like. <laughs> because of the other injuries in in the Liverpool game, he ended up playing the full ninety minutes, which it's probably invaluable match fitness. Mm. And 
He, he was brilliant as well. It must be said. He, he was, he very was good. brilliant. He's he's just a class apart. He he's he could walk into Manchester City's team oh, tomorrow. He 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 would start in any club team in the world. Absolutely. But he's, like, in fairness, we must say like he ghosted in for the goal he got against Liverpool to defend him a shock. Yeah. But at the same time, like he he's a brilliant he's a brilliant brilliant footballer. He breaks hearts. Yeah. And uh, having him as a shield for that back four, who's po- their poorest back four, only two teams have co- have conceded more than them. Like. Yeah. And if you've aspirations of top four and there's only two teams in the Premier League conceding less than you with six games yeah. gone, you're in trouble. But, but I, I said, think he is now going to be a stopgap. Exactly. And I think the, the goals they've been, they have conceded up until now, the Liverpool game apart, have been an anomaly because of the injuries they had. They were relying on Kurt Zuma and the lad is not up to play for no, Chelsea. Exactly. Unfortunately, he's, 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 probably, he's probably a great defender, but he's not Chelsea level great. And he struggled very badly, and the team struggled very badly. But they are getting players back, the likes of Alonso. Rudiger's probably not too far away. He did play last week, so I'm not entirely sure why he's not playing. Lampard saying Christensen's uh, injury isn't that bad, so he could mm. play next week. Emerson apparently will be up, but if Alonso comes back, he's a straight throw-up. Exactly. Alonso was good when he came on, so he should be fine. And Espilicueta, I know he got a lot, he's got a lot of sticks so far this season, but he is a world-class defender, Espilicueta. And he, he's got a lot of stick because he's with the injuries, he was trying to cover four, four positions. And you can't expect no. you can't expect a player to, to look after everybody. And he's going to be, because he's the captain and he's because he's set such a high standard in previous seasons, he's going to be the one yeah. that's most closely looked at. He had plenty of joy down the right as well for, against Liverpool. He he was a torn Liverpool side for a lot of that second half. So exactly. like, I he, he's top class, there's no doubt in it. Like, but yeah. he was just... Look, but I, I think I think he was dealt. I think things I think things are certainly turning for Chelsea defensively and in the midfield with Kante back. Oh, they, and, oh they'll win this game. There's no yeah. doubt about it. <laughs> well, in my mind, anyway. And I think they'll win it by a number of goals. And I think cracking on into the season, things are only going to keep improving as as those players come back. Yeah, and we can see, like the first the first couple of games of the, of Chelsea's season, we sat in the podcast and said. Chelsea are going to score bags of goals and concede bags of goals, but I think the conceding thing is is an oxymoron beginning to stop. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, th- I, get you, yeah. I, I think the conceding goals thing is a is will will pass. The signs are there that they're not going to be as open season as it as it was at start. And I I yeah. would agree with you. Now it'll just be interesting to see with Christensen. To me, it looked like a leg obviously to my completely untrained eye. Yeah. Just the way he was walking off and he was kind of holding the le- the leg from both sides, I thought, yeah, is that a ligament injury? And if it is, he'll be out a while. Now we're yeah. not saying it's cruciate or anything like that. It just looked like the ligaments in his knee were sore, strained or something. Yeah. But um look, we'll see what happens with Christensen. Don't forget Tamori. Tamori is a good look. Tamori is he, he looks was very like a good, good player. Like. A couple of times uh he he was uh one out not one on one with Salah, but he Salah had the ball and he did very, very well against him. He got yeah, exactly. he, he got the right side of him a few times and won a few challenges, shepherded him out a few times. So he's under twenty England under twenty one, like and he, he looks like a bright future ahead of him. So yeah, like Chelsea won't concede thirteen goals in their next six games as they have done for the first six. Days. Exactly. That just won't happen. Yeah, yeah. But it coming back to this fixture, they'll be Brighton. Brighton like we said it we said it already. They were lucky to stay up last season. Probably won't be this lucky this season. No. They show nothing like Jesus, that Newcastle and Brighton game. I watched the highlights of it and it was probably a five minute segment of it. Yeah. And God help us, it was boring now. Like it was very, very bad. There was just you were scrambling to find highlights for five minutes of footage, like, you know, so well, I, I had the displeasure of sitting in the airport waiting to get my flight home from my holiday and watching it on my phone. And 
if it wasn't depressing enough coming home from holiday, it was <laughs> seriously, seriously compounded by watching Newcastle versus Brighton. Um, I, I should never have watched it because I knew what was going to happen. Um, and I think Brighton are, I think Brighton are a team in trouble, and I think Chelsea are, they're gonna want to, want to improve after this week in a game they probably should have got something out of, and I think the likes of Abraham and Willian and whoever else they put up front are going to have a field day. And Batchway, who came onto the pitch th- today, the once forgotten man at Chelsea. So I think there's there's goals in this game for Chelsea and it's at Stamford Bridge. So I'm going to go 3-0 at least for Chelsea. I was just about to say it'll be 3-0 Chelsea. And we were just we were saying earlier, Chelsea haven't had a home win yet this season. They'll have one after this fixture. I'd be yeah, fairly confident for that. Yeah. But uh, just looking at the fixture list again before we get on to our last game. We've won game on Sunday, which the game we haven't talked about. Yes, you have uh, Spurs and Southampton there at 3 o'clock. Bournemouth West Ham at 3 o'clock. Regardless of form, this would have been decided weeks ago. That would be a game people like to watch. Why is there only one game on a Sunday? Yeah. Is there, is there, is there a, a premeditated reason for that? Like, is there... I, I, I don't know. I don't operate the, uh, the Sky, or sorry, the Premier League fixture computer. And um, it's something that I've had a rant about loads of times. Uh, not a rant about. I just think it's a little bit funny when the random fixture computer puts out three derbies on one day. Oh, sure. Randomly. Yeah, exactly. You know. <laughs> and we have a super Sunday, super derby Sunday. Anyway, listen, tinfoil hats are going on here again. Yeah, I, on. I, don't know why, I don't know why there's only one fixture on Sunday. Are England playing the Rugby World Cup next Sunday? That's exactly what it's called. stupid like that. It'll be no, to like, do yeah. with the Rugby World Cup. Yeah, never mind. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, look. Yeah, that'll bring us nicely on to our last game. Uh, Leicester home to Newcastle, half four on Sunday. Um, geez, Leicester will win this one, eh? Yeah, they have to. They have to. Um, I don't see, I don't see many scenarios where they they don't win it. I don't see any scenarios where they lose it. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, the only, the only, the, unless Newcastle can pull off a major frustration job, they could. They they could mind. I was just looking like Leicester have a. They're sitting in third, but they've only a goal difference of plus three. They've scored eight and conceded five. Eight goals in six games isn't great. Like, it, yeah. It, and, you know, Steve Bruce is going to be looking at this going, oh, yeah, I pity the poor people that are going to be watching this on Sunday evening because they're going to get a horror show to watch because they're going to do what they did against Spurs there. They're going to sit, My God, sit you, back. You just said Steve Bruce and I had a massive yawn. I think that there's something <laughs> subliminal there. Yeah, <laughs> a physiological trigger. Is it? Even the thought of the man makes you tired. Yeah. But um, he's going to do what he did against Spurs, I'd say, here shortly. Yeah. Sit in, try and attack on the break, and if they can get something from a set piece or something like that, they'd be happy. But Leicester aren't exactly the greatest team in the world to sit in against because they can ball, they can move. Like Madison can pick you apart with lovely passes. Tielemans is well able. Um, you know, Perez will have a cut. Um, yeah, v- Vardy, Vardy doesn't need much room. Like they, they, they now obviously Vardy would love if Newcastle played a high line. He'd love the opposite, but he can still score goals from. He can score goals from without running in behind as well. Like, so yeah, like it's going to be the only the only thing that Leicester don't have going into this game that teams need in these games is so a big six foot four bruiser who's going to score from a set piece mm. because. Oftentimes these games are open on a set piece because yeah. the likes of Newcastle are going to sit back from from minute one, and it's <laughs> difficult for for teams to to kind of 
pick holes in and around that and they get frustrated. So you're hoping for a set piece. You've seen it when when Liverpool played Newcastle and it was opened by a, a set, I think it was Matt Tip scored, it was Matt Tip or Van Dyke scored a header from a set piece. I think it was Matip, wasn't it? It was, it was, a, it was just a free header. Exactly, yeah. But yeah. It, it took a set piece to, yeah. to get to get the game going, to open the game out. Yeah. And until that first breakthrough, and I don't think Leicester have many players that are going to score from set pieces. No. No, yeah. I'm just thinking quick mental browse through their team. No, not really, no. 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 I mean, Johnny Evans isn't going to barge many Newcastle defenders out of his nah, way. That's the one thing Newcastle have on their side, they're big and physical. Yeah, exactly. Fabian Char isn't going to be pushed out of the way too easily. But I think it's similar to when we we did the, the preview of the Liverpool-Newcastle game. I think if Leicester can get an early goal, then they can get several goals. But if Newcastle can hold in for 70, 80 minutes, then it could be as little as 1-0 or a 0-0. Zero, zero. Yeah. It's that type of game, you know? It, it is. I, I I would agree with you. It is. Um, I, you'd fancy Leicester, and I'd be going, I will be going for Leicester, but yeah, you can see that type. Newcastle can be a serious pain to play against at yeah. times. Like, they can be just annoying, and you know, Steve Bruce, you know he's going to set up that way. Like, so, yeah, just put it this way. Like, if it's a game that I don't get to watch, I won't be too disheartened about that or yeah. too disappointed. Like, but, um, yeah, I'll, I'll pick Leicester 1-0 because Newcastle will have joy maybe get to the half. Yeah. Holding on, holding on. I'll give them encouragement and they'll do the same thing and they'll eventually be broken down. But, um, like, Newcastle, they, they'll probably have to come out of Sheldon and have a go, but they won't be good enough and they, they, they'll lose 1-0. Yeah, I'm going to go 1-0 Leicester as well. I think it's pretty... Yeah. I agree with everything you just said. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm right, that's why. Yeah. Let's, do you know what we should do now? What should we do? Oh yes, plug the pod. Plug the pod right. <laughs> okay, follow us Premier underscore Podcast on Twitter or on Facebook. It's Premier League Preview Podcast. All the podcast subscription like, services, like rate, subscribe, like, rate comments, comments, questions, all those things. Abuse, yeah. you know the you know the score. Just make us feel like someone's listening. Yeah, and that we're not besides our mothers, and we're not talking into a vacuum. <laughs> and on that extremely weird note we will bid you good luck yeah and we will obviously be back next week thanks for listening cheerio bye bye this is the Premier League Preview Podcast follow us on Twitter at Premier underscore podcast find us on Facebook under Premier League Preview Podcast or online at plpreview.com